Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. It looks like interest rates might rise sooner than the Reserve Bank previously said they would. Today, I wanted to get an idea of which stocks do best in a rising interest rate environment. And when we want to talk about specific stocks, we go to Matthew Kidman, Principal at Centennial Asset Management. Matthew, welcome back to Fear and Greed. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm well. Now, I, we, you and I have worked together over a long time, and one thing that all, you always talk about is the macro environment when you're thinking about stocks. So often we would have discussions, and rather than starting, hey, do you like BHP, do you like Commonwealth Bank, you always start with, wow, what's happening in the economy? Why? Well, unfortunately, because stocks are easy to pick. Economies are virtually impossible. So I, th- I think the macro is always incredibly important, but on a lot of occasions, it's it's fun to talk about, but very difficult to pick. But there are a couple of things that always, and I've been taught by a range of people over the years, lucky as a journalist to talk to some great investors and obviously work with Jeff Wilson and lucky enough to sit near David Paradise. And they always talked about two things, which was earnings, of course, which is company specific, and interest rates and the bond market. Just keep your eyes on those two things. And at the moment, we know what's happened with the bond market around the globe. Interest rates are on the march up after a very long downward period. So it's incredibly topical because for two reasons, it's going to slow the economy as as money becomes more expensive, as you know. But it also changes how you value companies because you've got discount rates on future earnings. And if you've got to discount them at a higher rate because money's more expensive, then that lowers valuations generally. Okay, and that latter, the the discount rate, particularly applying to defensive areas and things like tech stocks and healthcare, is that part of the reason they've been hammered recently? Yeah, I would think initially that was solely the reason. When the, when the equity market took its cue from the bond market, probably in the US mid through last year, maybe in the third quarter, there was a massive rotation that went on out of those much-loved high-growth tech stocks in particular. There were other areas, but mainly tech stocks. And they obviously were long-dated growth stocks that you had to kind of wait many years for the valuation to actually work, but you could do it if you discounted at the right rate. When the discount rate changed, they got sold off aggressively because investors, as I said before, had to discount at a higher rate. And that's continued fundamentally. In the meantime, um, other areas have prospered quite well, and Australia's been a beneficiary of that, as we know. So at the back end of an economic cycle, you're typically going to have strong demand, supply falling behind. And what does that mean? That stuff like wages go up, but also commodity prices. And we know Australia's got great leverage to both soft and hard commodities, hard being the mining commodities and soft being agriculture. So that's been good. So what about going forward? Some of the soft agricultural stocks, elders, new farm, etc., versus the harder ones, the South 32s, BHPs, the oil and gas guys, obviously. Have they run as much as they're going to run? Is there more room for them to keep improving? What do you think? Look, you'll get bulls and bears in both, but if you just stick to your original question about the economic cycle, we're at a really interesting point. We, we know that rates have been on the march upwards. We know that demand out of the the COVID crisis has been strong. We know there are shortages of both raw materials and labour around the world. Some of that's to do with the war in Europe. Some of it's to do with people movement from COVID. A lot of it's to do with issues in China around supply with manufactured goods. 
So that that we do know, and we, and we know that the Federal Reserve in the US now is lifting rates and overnight or, or on Thursday their time, they basically confirm what the market was thinking. We're no longer going to be doing 25 base points, the next one's 50 or the next couple. So they're a bit behind the curve. So we know that. I think the real question now that the market's asking is, does the Federal Reserve have to lift rates at such an aggressive rate that it puts the US economy into recession? Now, Australia's a few months behind, but it doesn't really matter in market terms in, in, in a lot of ways. It's the US economy that matters. So that's the question at the moment. And you, you read analysts around the US and they're talking about it's a 25 to 30% chance of hard landing, as they call it, or a recession and a better chance of a soft landing. What does all that mean? It means if you are going to go into recession, resources are not going to help you. They're just the last part of the market that moves late cycle. If there's a soft landing, that, that's okay. Maybe resources hold up for a bit longer, but at some stage you'll have to rotate back into those longer dated growth stocks over the next six months maybe. Stay with me, Matthew. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Matthew Kidman, Principal at Centennial Asset Management. Okay, so leaving resources and commodities aside, what sort of sectors, if I want to invest in the ASX, should benefit from the rising interest rate environment over the next year or two? Yeah, there's very few that benefit. It's more of a relative game. Now, you're going to get the occasional one in Australia, like a computer share, originally a share registry company that... They hold cash on behalf of clients in, in regards to corporate activity, especially in the Northern Hemisphere. So if rates go up, they get a better return on that cash. We saw recently Challenger give a bit of an update. Cash rates going up are good for them. But generally, there's not many companies. So what, what actually does happen, though, is people become defensive as they think economies around the world are slowing. And we've already seen some downgrades in the last week. Europe's slowing, that's noticeable. Is the US housing market slowing, that's noticeable. So what's defensive? As we've seen, Woolworths has come off a bottom, Coles has come off a bottom, so consumer staples. Telstra's held in there quite well. So you're getting these very, very defensive stocks that are coming to the fore. Really, they will go up. Their earnings don't change a lot, but their earnings are more stable. They're able to pass through the price increases. You know demand's not going to fall away on those. They're going to keep going. But what ends up happening is they become really expensive. And they're on their way to doing that. It's been going for a couple of months. Okay. What, I mean, you mentioned their ability to pass through price rises. I think last week, Bramble's did that in terms of their chip pallets. Endeavour came out and said that the uh, you know the cost of the pub meal was going to rise. A disaster, Matthew, a disaster. But they've been able to pass it through and people are prepared to pay. So is it those companies with pricing power that do well, relatively well, actually, is what we've learned today? Yeah, uh, look, I think so. Uh, as I said, I don't think anyone does incredibly well. Brambles was a very interesting take in the sense that the market thought that their pallet business, there was a range of problems, costs were going up, but they put prices through and it stuck by the looks of it and they gave an outlook. So that was interesting. But I think you're right. Prices of various goods in the supermarket have gone up for Endeavour, which is the alcohol bottle shop group that spun out of Woolworths. They've been able to pass prices. So far, it hasn't stung. So there's a lot of comfort for investors. Yes, they're passing costs through. So you're probably not going to get enormous upgrades or anything, but you aren't going to get downgrades. I think in this environment, what the market is looking for in the US now and what we will be looking for maybe in the June 
dirty results is margin compression because yep. costs will be going up quicker than prices can be going up at the end goods. So does this mean some sectors, and I'm thinking consumer discretionary, where there's a lot of competition, they could perform relatively poorly? Oh, definitely. Consumer discretionary on a number of fronts. So we go back to the supply chain issues around the world. You will find, I think, as time goes on and with the latest lockdowns in China that have come on top of what's already a dislocated supply chain, you're going to get various retailers who depend on goods coming out of there, not only facing higher interest rates and and consumers being a bit more hesitant for, for the demand, but also just not having the right stock. It just hasn't been able to arrive. So we would have thought by now these issues had self-healed over time, but it's just taking a lot longer and they just keep getting disruptions. And as we said, you know, a fair chunk of China now is under some kind of lockdown, which can't be good. So I think consumer discretionary, and the market's already voted with its feet, there's not many consumer discretionary stocks that have done well over the last few months. And they're the reasons. Add on to that, if you've got higher rates and inflation around, Consumers are going to be a little bit more shy to go out and spend like they have done over since, you know, we've rebooted from the COVID crisis. Okay. What about small caps? I mean, you have a great interest in small caps. I mean, are there any in that area that you particularly like or dislike? Look, there's always a few stocks you like, but small caps, because of the lack of liquidity, you know, they'll, they'll be the beneficiaries of an up market. They'll also cop it on the downside. So, in the small cap market in Australia, there's obviously a large swathe of that market in resources. And if you look over the last couple of months, they have performed incredibly well. So you'll find that a lot of money in small cap land has moved over to that way. In the meantime, the industrials, the techs, the general market, the retailers have become friendless. So if you paint the picture that maybe the world's slowing, the Fed's got to get on top of the inflation issue, it will be really interesting to see whether you can keep playing that long resources short the other part or, or underweight the remainder of the small cap market. You can pick your way through. There's always companies that are doing well. You talk about discretionary retailers. One that we have liked and have a holding in is Michael Hill Jewelers. They've fixed their balance sheet. They've got strong demand. They're doing very well and they're incredibly cheap. So you will get the odd stock like that, but maybe the bigger retailers, discretionary retailers you stay away from. There'll be some tech stocks that you will pick over, but it's not quite time yet. There's still too many people trying to get out of those. It's very, very sensitive. It's it's a hard market to work through. And to be honest, we're lucky. I, I, as you say, Sean, I do like small caps generally, but I think at the moment you, you want to probably play in more liquid areas and a bit more defensive. Some of those bigger healthcare names, Telstra, maybe consumer staples, because at the moment, it's as much about protecting money as it is making money. And sometimes you've got to play defence rather than attack. Matthew, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Thanks, Sean. That was Matthew Kidman, Principal at Centennial Asset Management. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day. 